Paul Ailey next the inside, hits a bit of a flat spot before the corner as Best of Bordeaux and Rothfire go two lengths in front on the corner. 250 out, Rothfire, Best of Bordeaux and Balanipatina has driven through underneath of those around the turn of the 150. Balanipatina takes the lead, kicks clear, two lengths, Rothfire and Best of Bordeaux streaking away. Balanipatina and boy, doesn't she deserve this? Balanipatina falls. Rothfire, best of Bordeaux, then September run. But coming into it, followed by Maximal. Zaki, Alligator Blood, 300 metres to go. Then Animo, who's joining in. Back behind them, Young Verna, around the turn. Zaki, joined by Animo, who looks destiny in the face. At the 150, Animo takes the lead from Zaki, Alligator Blood. I'm thunderstruck, but it's Animo clear. I'm thunderstruck late. Mr. Brightside, back in the field, Young Verna, Gold Trip, Maximal, and Profondo was last in the Cox Plate. G'day punters and welcome to a Cox Plate review. Uh, after a one-week hiatus off the podcast, I am back in the host chair and I'm very glad to be here. Nico, it's been a bit of a hectic week, hasn't it? Monday, um, we skipped the review last week because we couldn't get on our plane on Sunday night, and it was just a, a massive kerfuffle. It would put us, it put me personally back a long way um, behind the eight ball during Cox Plate Week. But what a carnival it was! We've just listened to the two group ones there, Animo and Balanipatina. Um, one becomes a champion, wins his seventh group one and the crowning glory. And Balanipatina puts up a massive spike rating. So, huge weekend. How do you enjoy it? Yeah, well, firstly, it's good to have you back. The host chair was comfy for while it lasted, but uh, I much prefer being able to be a little bit silly rather than having <laughs> to ha- keep my sensible hat on like I had to last week with Wilbur. But, no, nah, it was... I think it was a good week, nonetheless, uh, without you there, for me, more so as a development thing, but um, back to the racing, back to the important stuff that people are listening for, rather than my jargon. Uh, yeah, it was it was a great weekend of racing all round, obviously racing was the winner. Friday night was um, interesting, especially with you know the rain not coming and then it coming and absolutely sheeting down and then... <laughs> And that, and that thunder, oh mate, I've never heard anything like it. Yeah, it was yeah. absolutely nuts. Um, and then obviously, with the uh, with the unfortunate events that the Manicado was pushed to the Saturday, who knows? Maybe it gives the Mooney Valley Racing Club something to think about with the scheduling because I do think the Manicado did fit in well on on the Saturday and I'll be interested to see the figures when they when they come out so maybe maybe there is a spot for the Manicado on the Saturday and a couple of other races to be shoved to the Friday night to still make it an important night but yeah uh, yeah nonetheless it was it was good obviously Animo stood up and solidified himself as a champion to everyone else I I was happy that uh, he didn't make me look stupid because I, I went off early on the trumpet and, and gave him that tag before probably a lot of people did. But, um, yeah, it's just 
as I've said, as I said to you, and as I said to, to the boys earlier today, you you'll never get sick of seeing champion horses be champion horses, and it just it is the real reason why this time of year. I, I know it is, uh, it's not a cheap day out going to the races, but um, it's just something that you've got to do this time of year because you miss special moments uh, like that on Saturday that you don't you don't really understand what you're missing out on until you until you look back in the days past and yeah the it was my first cox plate and it's got me hooked I, I probably won't be missing another one after that and yeah it's uh it was great great to be there bloody oath it was um bit of narrative to start the podcast and it's probably going to continue a bit because it was just that type of day i guess um we've got to quickly mention a couple of things off the top will is not on the podcast tonight. He is heading the books. Um, I think English exam is coming up very, very soon. Yeah, not Wednesday, I think. Wednesday. So good luck to Wilbur there. Um, and then other Wilbur, Willie Barbs, sponsor of the show, Where the Punt. Um, I actually got J-Mac, an Animo um, stubby holder. I got it to him on Friday night just as he was... Um, just as he was walking outside of the stewards' room after the races had just been called off, and he goes, "That is effing outstanding." So there's a nice yeah, little plug for where the punt. He said to me, "Hopefully he wins tomorrow," and win he absolutely did. So awesome stuff. Let's crack into race one. It was the English banner. It's always the traditional kickoff on Cox Plate day, and there was only a field of how many were there? Six or seven? I think there might have been seven. Um, or my no, it did go down to six in the end, and it was taken out by Arkansas Kid. Um, this horse had a few things go wrong in the run. He was three wide the trip, and I think he might have even lost a shoe in the run. He I lost, heard. Yeah. He um, lost two shoes. He lost both shoes. So two I don't shoes, know about yeah. you, but that wouldn't help your run at all. Um, and he's still been no. much too good. I think. You know, the margin wasn't great, obviously, but he does have panels on this field, and I think he's definitely a horse we can follow. What did you make of the win? Yeah, it was a huge win. I thought uh, we didn't quite make it to the track just yet. We watched this one as we were waiting for an Uber from the hotel, but um, I thought, oh, geez, Ollie's going to slaughter this. This is going to be a sick beat to start the day. and But lucky, uh, he still did slaughter it. <laughs> the horse has the horse has had panels on it, and got him out of trouble. But yeah, um, yeah, all credits winner. He's screaming for. Oh, he looks like he might be an out and out mile type over time, but he only sort of uh, knuckled down and knew what he was doing when he could run in a straight line. He he didn't really like the valley a hell of a lot from what I could gather to my eye. But yeah, I think definitely the top two uh, are smart. Um. Yeah, yeah. You, it's. I'm not going to put the line through the rest of the field at their first ever race start. Uh, as a two-year-old, but yeah, definitely. If the top two were to go on to some races in the near distant future, you could definitely follow them. But yeah, um, I suppose we'll see a lot of these back in the autumn and have to judge them then. Yeah, it it is worth uh, mentioning that the race hasn't actually rated well at all. They've gone slow. No. And the overall figure is 5.5 um, below benchmark. So it's not good going. But I 
I just liked the, the winner visually. Given everything that went wrong in the run, um, he had to pick himself up. He was wide. He lost both shoes. So I think he's definitely one you can follow. And he's by um, absolute champion, Harry Angel. He was one of Godolphin's freak sprinters, and now he's on the daily roster. So he was a he was a horse that I used to back um, probably in the in the early years of myself being in racing and he was an absolute gun so i think arkansas kid does have a bright future um you could possibly back the second horse as well but probably more winner for me it is worth noting with um with arkansas kid that he there was a pretty heavy tip going around for this horse so like he was obviously a touch more forward than than these so it is Mm. it is worth noting that that yeah he did a lot wrong but you know he might be one that is ready to race a little earlier than a few of the others that he raced against on the weekend. Yeah. Let's go to race two. It was the Strathmore Community Bendigo Bank over a thousand meters. Um, just the open handicap, and it's been taken out by Scissor Step. Of course, Scissor Step actually ran second last year in the Red Anchor to Generation, and that continues to be um, a bit of a form race that the market con- continues to look at. Um, it's a good win. Hate, hateful start. I thought Esther LaRocca was very stiff. She oh, was three and four wide, and she did look to be bolting on the corner. Um, but the winner has kind of shaken us off. Those are the two horses we backed, uh, Esther LaRocca and Ashford Street. I thought around the corner... I thought the ride by Tia was a little bit interesting on Ashford Street. He kind of waited until the the bird had already flown and then he got stuck into the horse um, I don't think it would have won the race I thought the winner probably should have been Estela Rocca but yeah just interesting I thought yeah well obviously uh, when Wilbur and I did the podcast the other night I was pretty keen to be with Estela Rocca I didn't follow you in with Ashford Scrib but um yeah, top of the straight. I was like, well, first of all, it was watching the races at the track. They they were funny getting into order early in the first few races. I thought it looked like they never really got into like the one one. There was horses that were like three wide, just pl- you know mucking around, get in, get out. It was very like stop starty, trying to get into certain spots and. J-Mac looked like he got in, but then he popped three wide because they weren't going very fast. And he was, I was like, oh, no. And then he was trucking, and I thought, beautiful. And then I was like, at the top of the straight, I was like, oh, yeah, he's just going to go straight past this thing. Hmm. I'm like, go past, go past, go past. Never went past. Yeah. It is worth mentioning the first two races were out of the chute, so I think that might have had something to do with the way the races were run and just what you were saying about jostling for positions and unfortunately well I guess the winner still won in the first race but <laughs> we've backed two horses that have ended up three wide in kind of kind of no man's land in the first two races the the, the first horse obviously won it was too good anyway but Estela Rocker I do think she's the best horse in the race um, obviously next start she'll probably lose J-Mac that's the only thing she does love the value though Hmm. Yep, she does indeed. Let's get to race three. It was the first of um, 
First of the group races, it was the Group 3 Red Anchor Stakes over 1,200 metres, and Sajardin was able to get the chocolates. We know this horse has uber amounts of talent, but he hasn't always put it together. Well, on Saturday, he put it together, and he got a track that really suited his pattern. The Valley was playing quite even. I thought it played outstanding, actually. Um, the fence was off, and he was able to chase down Sweet Ride. Sweet Ride looked all bar the winner <laughs> you couldn't have had enough on uh, approaching the 300 200 but um, I would so, love to know what it traded in the run oof, would dollar, have to have been like dollar 20 areas I reckon dollar 10 I reckon I reckon dollar 10 I'm half kicking myself because I said to my old man in the lead up to Saturday that I wanted to back Sajan mm. but I didn't think he liked it wet because all the to- all the times I've heard Gary Portelli say was Sajad needs it dry, needs it dry, needs it dry. I yeah. think there's I think there's a difference between what the value was on Saturday and some of the tracks he's been running on in Sydney. Well, that's what I that's what I put it down to this afternoon. Maybe John O'Shea was right. Maybe the Melbourne wet tracks are different to the Sydney wet tracks, but and yeah, we it was a heavy eight, but. Was it really a heavy eight? Well, I don't know. The times, the times are saying that it wasn't. Yeah, not a, not only the a times. Few good judges. I after race four, I went out onto the track with Marty, um, and we did a quick little track report. And honestly, the damage wasn't even that bad. Like it's pulled up outstanding. Yeah, there was mud. Um, you could see there was mud on the jockeys coming in to scale, etc. But it played beautifully, really. Um, yeah. What do we think of this race? Sajardin surely looks a horse that could get over it further. Yeah, he looks like he wants fourteen hundred. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, he's going to be a it's going to be a four year old this time next year. So, you know, get him on the better tracks down here in Melbourne. Is he going to be like a a Rupert Clark two rack horse, or is he going to be able to take? that next step and go to like is, is he going to improve from his three to his four year old year and become a weight for age horse like there's plenty of good 1400 metre races in the Melbourne Spring Carnival for him mm, or even like an all edge I don't think we yeah. you don't see too many three year olds go to an all edge I don't think but that would, could, could be an interesting race for him um, ratings wise it's again it's nothing flash um come home 4.1 above off a very slow tempo so he's, he's got a big turn of foot he's got a big engine and he is by Sebring he's a cracking type so we should touch definitely on worth Shillelagh it is a bit of a clear forgive um, I was listening today and he had his both both his back legs galloped on when the mid-race slowdown happened yeah or maybe not mid-race whenever the slowdown happened in the race um so yeah, it is a forgive. Obviously, if someone stands on your back feet, you you're possibly. not going to run to your to the best of your ability. So yeah, um, I know visually, first look, it looked pretty poor. What happened? But yeah, there was clear excuses in the end. Yeah, let's go to race four. It was the listed Crockett Stakes over twelve hundred meters. This was the the Phillies' turn at it, and Wee Nessie has been able to land the chocolates. With James McDonald, the world's best jockey aboard. 
Um, in hindsight, you could probably say this horse was a shade of overs starting $8.50. Um, did have a couple nice wins on the board. Has now won three races from seven starts, been placed in a further two, but it was it was a kind of difficult race where you didn't really know where to look. I thought this was an outstanding ride. What what else do we expect from James McDonald? Um, it, it drew barrier seven, and it, it was a little bit tricky early, but he just went back, found his cover, kept the horse in clear momentum, um, and got the perfect flow into the race, and, and she's won nicely. Yeah, she did. Um, yeah, it wasn't one that I would have necessarily gone looking for but um she's copped the 12 out of 10 here so you you probably didn't cop that in the in the form guide but um they did touch on something earlier when i was listening to some review stuff that uh the benefit of this horse having j-mac haven't ridden her before so she sort of shied away from the whip last start where he rode at his hands and heels and she responded to him perfectly so I suppose it is not that we need to beat his drum, not, not that we need to beat his drums any more than we already do because the listeners know the opinion that we have of J-Mac he's obviously the best jockey in the world but it just shows you you know they're the they're the little one percenters that you get with the top dogs and you, and you probably don't with the rest so he's ridden there once Realised that she hasn't uh, hasn't liked being ridden that way. Quickly adapted and look at the massive improvement in the result here. But yeah, um, I'm shattered. I'm absolutely shattered that the rain came in the end and Greece didn't run because I think she's got panels on this lot. So will she anyway. still go to the corner? Will she get? Uh, does she get? Into I really the hope she doesn't. I've actually got no idea. Um, maybe I can check Trav's likely fields and see if she is a likely starter. She might no. not have enough prize money. No, she's not there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting today. where she goes next. Same thing today with uh, Team Hawks. They sent through there where they're sending Roy next start and they've nominated him for the Coolmore but he's 28th on the order of entry I said oh he's not going to get in don't when, why are you going to send him to a race like that like, spending Jason's money for no reason oh mate just, <laughs> we've won one race just let him just keep building his confidence don't just chuck him in a in a Coolmore <laughs> fucking hell yeah 100% um, anything else to take out of that race oh, there you is follow Running by, yeah. My other my Eustace horse, she looks pretty good. There is one thing I want to mention. Like when we say J Mac is the world's best jockey, I think a lot of people will go, like that's just your opinion kind of thing. But I had to point out to someone on Twitter today that no, he actually is officially the world's best jockey in terms of rankings. We're not just we're not just saying it. Like he actually has panels on the on the next best jockey. Um, if he had, if he had more than a couple of rides, when he was at Ascot, he nearly would have won the the leading jockey for the week. He had bugger oh, yeah. all rides and still yeah. nearly won. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, who rounds out the placings? I think it's 
Buick is definitely in the top three. Let me get it up here. Buick James McDonald. James McDonald, 124. Jim, Jim Crowley, 72. William Buick, 62. And Ryan Moore, 60. So absolutely yeah. spaces them at the moment. See, the, ra- the ratings are probably a little little out there. Like Buick probably is no, number two seed. Yeah. Is where Zach in that is? Well, Zach isn't anywhere to be seen, I don't think. But you got to remember that these rankings, um, I think they're heavily reliant on group races. Okay. Australia obviously has lots of group ones. We have too many. And Hong Kong doesn't have that many group ones. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it is It is a little bit out, but he's still number one, clearly. He still is the best jockey in the world. There's no doubt in that. Yeah. Let's move on to race five. It was the three-point motors, Phillies Classic, group two, uh, 1,600 metres, and it was for the three-year-old Phillies again. Daryl Cannon and Alana Kelly have been able to uh, land their biggest ever winner here with Zoe's Promise. Um, two great rides here on, on the Quinella, I thought. Alana Kelly's ride was outstanding, and Zach Spain's ride was that ride will win you nine races out of ten and he's found um, he's just bumped into a tough um, tough filly here and so is always promised I, I think the Quinella are quite smart um, the rating is just fair 3.9 above the old benchmark but you got to love the margin that they put on third do it la was the heavily backed favorite I guess he she did get out a little bit late but they put almost three lengths on her um, and they've come away so I think the top two are nice. I still think the second horse will be the best horse in this race in good time. I'll tell you a little sick story here. Yeah. My sister's name is Zoe, and <laughs> I've been on the wrong side of this horse the last two times it's won. I was I had a decent crack, and I had a fairly nice collect that would have had the day trending in the absolute right direction. We copped the tip throughout the week and, and Stokes shadowed the the confidence with uh, with Climbing Star like he's got a massive opinion of this horse he said it would uh, it will go better on dry ground but if it was there to be running it was going to be you know going very close and Spanos has given this thing an absolute 15 out of 10 I don't know yeah. how it got beat you know how it got beat? The only reason Climbing Star got beat, it actually headed um, Zoe's promise around the corner. Climbing Star drew barrier one. Zach Spain had to take that inside run. And in the end, he's actually been stuck in the inferior ground because the fence was yeah. off. Zoe's promise was about four to five lanes off the fence while um, Climbing Star was lane two. And that's that's just had to, be, had to have been the, the difference in the final 50 metres. Well, credit where credit's due with this Zoe's promise. She fights. She doesn't... Yeah. When, some, when she's in a dogfight, she, well, she's been in two dogfights and she hasn't lost, you know? So, mm, she's her last two starts. And the thing tough, is... Tough, bec- tough, tough. Because she's trained by an unfashionable trainer and she started $10 here, if you do like her again next start, she's probably not going to be... She's probably not going to be that short. But Climbing Star, no. if, if they bump into each other again, Climbing Star will, will be the clear favourite. Yeah, correct. Um, and maybe it is deservingly so, but if you're a Zoe's Promise follower, then 
you will get the opportunity to back her again. Let's go to race six and talk about backing horses again. My Oberon has absolutely destroyed this field. This is one of the highest rating races on the day. And he probably would have been competitive in the Cox Plate off this run. Um, this is a complete blunder by me. I've got to put my hand up. Um, I knew this horse was... Annabelle was thinking about bringing it to the Cox Plate. Um, she decided, no, we're just going to... We're just going to aim for the Crystal Mile instead. She said um, she couldn't really train it like she wanted to out at Werribee because she couldn't run it with a, a galloping partner because of the quarantine problems. Um, so it's gone to a Crystal Mile against a, a good field. Um, and it's obviously relished the heavy track as well where some of these horses probably haven't as much. And it's absolutely put a hole in them. Um, I know the margin's only one and a half lengths in the end. Banker's Choice gets home well, but this race was over at the 350-metre mark. Yeah, I said the same thing. I was kicking myself that um, that we didn't back it. This horse was brought over for a potential Cox Plate, and it's rolled up 550 against some decent horses, but... Not Cox Plate horses. No horses, no horses that you'd be putting in a Cox Plate. Yeah. Johnny's given it an absolute peach. But it is worth noting, punters, I think this horse will open up short next start and I will be looking to take it on because what you'll find with a lot of these imports is they, they have a real peak rating first up and then they normally regress after that. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be... Like, this horse is going to open short now because it's, you know, visually sexy, it's win and the numbers sort of back it up. So it is going to open short next, but... Who knows? It's probably going to go to the Champions Mile, so it's probably not going to open that short. It probably won't win anyway, but... He could go for a spell. Well, that would be the depends. smart thing to do. Like what they've done with El Bodegon, just give them the one run. They've ran good first up, put them away, let them have a, you know, a spell and come back next preparation. But tell you what, Visionari, he's got all the talent in the world, this horse, but until he sorts his race manners out, he's not going to take the next step. He just carries on like an absolute clown in the run. And he's no different in the tie-up stalls. I went and had a look at him to see if that was just what he does during a race. No, carries on like a twat in his box as well. Yeah, he's got that weird head carriage. He does do a fair bit wrong. On and off the bit. Not an efficient action at all. At the 600, he looked like he was going to be dropped out of the race. And then all of a sudden... He, like, finds again and then starts running through the line. It's like, oh, don't start now. Yeah. I think, I know he's probably not in the greatest form he's ever been in, but we need to pay some plaudits to Damien Oliver here. Thank God a jockey has finally gone fast in front on Buffalo River. He's led, uh, where is it? He's led at 16 and a half lengths above the all average. And he's got his heavy eight track, which he absolutely loves. And he's filled a hole at $16. He was obviously $16 SP. Um, he was the second longest price runner in the race. And this is exactly his go. He's not he's not good enough to win these races, but the fact that yeah. Damien Oliver's been able to go fast on him, that's the reason why he's been able to hold third and pick up more prize money for his owners and trainer. That's yeah, how you got to ride it. Yeah, that's the way he likes. He likes to 
you know, bowl along and dictate on his terms. But I suppose he sort of hasn't had that luxury the last few starts. He's had either something that's wanted to take him on or he hasn't been able to cross mm. and, and do what he needs to do. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's been a good old horse, Buffalo, but he's he's at the at the end of his career. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not saying he's got any upside or anything, but yeah. it's just good to see a horse being ridden to his best asset. There is God. a few horses here that have probably come towards the end of their prep, I would have thought, in Gentleman Roy, military expert, but um Banker's choice, he's gonna win a race soon. Yeah. Yeah. Get for a sure. bit of cut in the track and and yeah, uh, Buffalo didn't help his chances. If Buffalo doesn't go as fast, and Banker's Choice isn't as far back and has to chase, chase, chase from like the eight hundred like he did, he probably nearly wins the race. Yeah, I agree to some extent, but the, the <laughs> Meyer Braun is definitely the right winner. Yeah, correct. But yeah, anyway, he's going to win a race soon, regardless. 100%. He's going to win a race soon, and soon Annabelle Nation could be the best trainer in Australia because the cattle that she is getting into her stable from overseas is absolutely enormous, and she's got some fair connections from abroad. So it's pretty scary. She's got lots of hidden gems that haven't we haven't even seen yet either. Oh yeah, it's pretty scary where she could be um, this time next year. Let's move on to race seven. It was the Drummond Golf Vars. Group 2, 2,040 metres. We know it's always a good lead-up into the derby. And we saw a derby competitor take this out. It was uh, Barclay Square. It was one of my better bets on the day. I thought this and Animo were the the two we gave a good push for. Um, and honestly, around the corner, I thought, mm, no. Nah. They, they kind of got away from him. This personally, how do you say it? Per- oh, I've got no to say. No idea how to say the good often horse's name. Pericles. Pericles. Pericles, Pericles per- was smashed in betting into three dollars. Uh, Barclay Square got out to two sixty, and this Pericles looked home and hosed on the corner. Was absolutely travelling. Was last off the bit, but this Barclay Square is just a winner. Um, I don't know if you've seen the jockey cam footage yet, but Willow has had to get stuck stuck into him from a long way out. And he just kept coming, coming, and coming. Um, he was able to get the win. Virtuous Circle, he's a he's a nice horse, and Liam Howley's certainly got one there. Um, apparently, he's not going to the Derby, so absolutely shattered. That's yeah, that is a bit of a, a miss. I would have thought, but Barkley Square, he does look like he's going to stay all day. This is a good rating race. It's eleven point one lengths above the all benchmark. Um, the normal average for this race is only 7.4, so it's actually quite a good rating Vars, and I think you can follow the trifecta for sure. Yeah, he's got he's got a big up, Berkeley Square. And yeah. He just wants to find the line. He just knows where the winning post is and just wants to find it. Um, amazing quality to have, considering not a lot of horses have it. Um yeah, it's. I was not. Um, I was really. I was really kicking up for Virtuous Circle because I thought he'd he'd run a real race, and and then he did. Be interesting to see if the results are flipped. Um, with. With um, 
with his face being at Flemington. So, uh, you know, as I said in the chat the other day, uh, the listeners obviously wouldn't have heard it, but I said as soon as they cross the line, I said, Virtuous Circle's going to win the derby next week. And then mm. in the wash-up, he's going to the paddock. So I still think he will win a derby. Unfortunately, it's just going to be the, uh, the VRC derby. He, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't win one in the autumn, whether it be in Sydney or, or even Adelaide. Yep. It is worth mentioning that I know a lot of us are saying this Caulfield Guineas was a weak addition, the rating wasn't that great, and maybe that is fair enough, but the form out of it, they're only racing, they're only three-year-olds, I know you've probably heard this a thousand times, but they're only racing against each other. Golden Mile wins again on Saturday. Barclay Square wins. Um, he was a little bit unlucky in the guineas. Elliptical, um, he started a dominant favourite in the spring champion who was only just beaten in the in the shadows of the post. And now we've got Tijuana to test the form again in the Carbine Club this Saturday. So I'm, I'm pretty keen on him. <laughs> All right. Oh, very good. Let's move on to race eight. It was the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. Um, fancy this actually being the first leg of the quaddy, race eight of a big 11 race card, but that's the way it went. And on punting form, I believe this is the biggest win of the day. Um, obviously, that's just a speed figure. It, it's not all, um, that's not the actual, actual weight for age rating that Dan O puts out. I think it was 102.6 on his ratings, but Francesco Guardi has absolutely spaced them. Um, they've gone very, very fast here. They've gone 15.7 above to the 600, and he's still come home negative. So he's still come home 1.9 above. So that is just an outstanding performance. He's won by the best part of four lengths, and... Honestly, he would have pissed in with the Caulfield Cup. Yeah, well, a missed opportunity that he's not racing next Tuesday as well. Mm. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Because I know Derby acceptance is only, well, Derby nominations only close today or tomorrow or whatever. Um, you know, look at the difference these horses make. Chris Waller had to make this decision back in August and at that point this horse had won a I'm pretty sure it was a class six at Queensland. Yeah. And then won a benchmark eighty eight before, you know, going on to to do what he's done. So yeah. Maybe maybe there's something something in that that could be looked at it's a bit of a shame that we're not going to have this horse in the Melbourne Cup a question I did have for you I don't know if you know the answer to this or not so I'm putting you on the spot a bit say Francesco Guardi wins the Bart Cummings and he's not nominated for the Melbourne Cup does he then go to start free of charge no does he, he go to start it. if he wants to pay up at that point in time or not yes okay he would have to pay up um, that was the same for the same like because we obviously had the the guineas horse um, elliptical that that was considering possibly coming into the Cox Plate as a late 
late nomination, but he still would have had to pay the the late fee. Yeah. So yeah, I understand what you're saying about possibly changing the terms and conditions, but that's coming from pure racing fan perspective, and yeah, I, understand I understand that. I understand the logistics with weights of the internationals and. Oh, it's it's also sort of stuff. it's also it's also a commercial thing. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't don't want to admit that, but the fact is, there's there's a charge every every time there's an acceptance stage, and yeah. the money goes towards you know money goes towards the club, money goes towards Racing Victoria, and yeah. it pays for shit at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's that's as simple as, as it is. Um, but yeah, outstanding performance. This horse was obviously very, very unlucky. Um, what was the race at Flemington that it probably should have won last start? Was it the Bart Cummings? It was the Bart Cummings. It was the Bart Cummings. Luna Flair beat it, and Luna Flair has run second here. So he's he's uh, that form line has stood up, and probably the real result has has shown. He is a very, very nice stayer, and Chris Wallace finally worked him out. He was probably running it at the mile, running at 1,800, running at even 1,400 for too long. And as soon as he's got out to 2,500 metres, he's absolutely exploded. So, yep, follow, follow, follow. Let's move on to the day's feature. The Ladbrokes, Cox Plate, Group 1, 2,040 metres, the best two minutes in sport. Australia's greatest weight for age race or just Australia's best race. Call it whatever you want it. Um, it was a fantastic race and Animo was able to secure his crowning glory really I said that he needed to win this race to be given the champion tag you were saying he was already a champion but you must be glad that he did win it because now it can't be questioned he's a seven time group one winner he's won at two, three and now four he's unbeaten four out of four this prep with four group ones next to his name and you can't take anything away from him. No. I'm, I'm going to have a little rant here. The That's rubbish right. through the airways, through Twitter, through everywhere that you look, just trying to degrade him as a horse after coming out with a cox plate is just utter just ridiculousness. Like, what more does this horse have to do? He's got a chance to to go and win a fifth group one in a couple of weeks' time. In this preparation. Yeah. This preparation. Like, if this horse had a bit of luck, he would have won a diamond and a slipper. And another cox plate. He's arguably should have won the cox plate last year. A lot of people saying he has. So he could have been the cox plate winner at three and four. He could have ten group ones to his name. And he's still not the furnished product. He's got seven, the most of any Godolphin horse ever trained in Australia. I think ever. What more? I don't hey? think I don't think it's just Australia. I, I think it's I think it's ever. So that's Godolphin as a whole operation. I believe so. Right. Okay. I thought it was just in Australia, but that that could very well be the case on the global stage. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I just don't understand. My old man's trying to tell me that he wouldn't be up in there in the, in the, the top 10, 15, 20 horses of all time. I said he's fucking delusional. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know what more this horse has to do. Like, he's a winner. He keeps winning. Yeah, there's nothing sexy about it, but he's arrogant. 
He pricked his ears the last hundred. He, he just gets to the front and he turns off. He goes, oh, my job's done. The chat that I'm Thunderstruck was a moral beaten and he should have beat Animo, oh, I can't have it. Like, Animo, he was always going to get the perfect run. He got the perfect run. As soon as they went past the post the first time, everyone said this race is over because it was. And all he had to do was get past Zaki and Alligator Blood, who just are, you know, they're just a length length and a half inferior than him. Um, he hits the front and then he just completely switches off. You can actually see he just floats that final yeah. 100 metres. All right, so there's an interesting little stat here for the punters that don't know out there. Animo, when he is settled in the first six horses in the run, yeah. is 10 from 10. Yeah. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. It just shows you what the, what this... And this horse, he, this is not, he's not a finished product yet. You listen to J-Mac, and, and he, we won't see the best of this horse until autumn. He's still a three-year-old. He was two yeah. last year when he ran the Cox Plate. <laughs> All I can hope for, I just hope he comes back bigger, better than ever, just just improves again, and yeah. I hope he goes to the world stage. And those same people that are knocking him, I hope you swallow your words when he proves you wrong. And yeah. don't jump on the bandwagon then. So... For them that are out there listening, your Matt Stewart's and Francesca Camani's of the world, get ready to eat your words. Eat, eat your words because he's gonna, he'll prove you wrong. Yeah, animal. He's has... a beautiful, he's a beautiful looking animal. If you haven't seen him in the flesh punters, do yourself a favour, yeah. get to Champions Day, and go and see. Him. Like he's just for a horse that carries on as much as he does in the pre parade, and like when he's cooling down and you know when he's in the mounting yard. Go watch him in his box. I might even send you the photo, Benny, and you can post it on, on your story. He is the most relaxed customer when he's just standing in his box. It's just a, a thing of beauty. Yeah. No, I, ha- I have seen it. Um, just a little bit more data here for you. Just this is the 200-meter splits in rankings in the race. Animo goes from the sixth fastest, six to the four. So he's still just traveling on the bit. And then the four to the two is where he hits the front, goes bang. He's the fastest 200 meter split of the race from the four to the two. And then two to the post is where he completely switches off. He goes back to the sixth fastest two to the post. That's not that's not him peaking on his run. That's him just going, oh, job's done. Yeah. I'm in front now, what do I do? He's still just a big dummy. He's a big baby who's managed to win seven group ones. <laughs> yeah. And we will touch on before we move on to the next race, this wash-up of Mick Price not overly being happy with Mark Zara's ride. What do you expect this horse to do? He's got no gate speed. Yes, where he sat in the might and power was the closest he's ever, ever sat. He was but never going to get to that position. And they did go slow. Which allowed him to be there. What do you expect Mark to do? He's given this horse an absolute twelve out of ten from the position he was in and the and the cards he was dealt at the barrier draw. He's done a, a, a remarkable effort to be that close. What do, what do you want Mark to do? What, do you want him to send him forward and go and try and get to the lead, which is what this horse has never done? Like what's he what's he meant to do? 
He's given this horse every possible chance with the cards he was dealt. If Mick Price isn't happy with that, well, he needs to teach his horse how to jump quicker and be in a more prominent position in the run because having tactical speed wins you more races than not. And that's why Animo is a champion and that's why he keeps winning. You can continue playing the poor me card and and the rest of that. When you settle in the back half of the field and you're going to be dictated to, you're not going to win too many races, especially yep. in Australia, unless it's grand final day where there's the first time we've seen tempo all, all spring was on Saturday. But just just on that, they've gone um, like Zaki's gone even for a Cox Plate, but he's still only gone six lengths above your benchmark to the six hundred, which is just that is not Cox Plate tempo. Cox Plates they go at least ten lengths, at least eleven, twelve, even I think they've gone fourteen lengths above before to the six hundred, and I just I have to pot Jamie Carr's right again. I think she's gone too slow on him. Um, I'm not saying he would have run the won, won the race. I don't. I don't think he was ever going to win the race. But go fast and use up this horse's best attribute. His when he posted that massive win at Doombin, it's because the leader went lickety split out in front, and he was able just to tag the speed and sustain a long, long run, which is his asset. He's not a horse who can just sit and sprint. And Animo gets to. Even um, Alligator Blood and Animo, they get to him... On the, Watch the Cox Plate again. They get to him at the 250-meter mark, like, and it turns into a sprint, and he's still only beaten 1.3 lengths. Yeah. He's just been ridden terribly this whole preparation, um, ridden too slow, and he does lay in a little bit, um, which doesn't help either. But, yeah, poor ride. Um, I thought he was still stuck to the task well. I thought Al Bodegon was good. I thought um, Thunderstruck was awesome. Um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a good Cox Plate. The the weight for age rating is 105.8, so it wasn't the highest rating Cox Plate ever, but... Um, a little trumpet for Wilbur. Yeah. He did say he was going to run a 105.8. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. He got that bang on, but... Yeah. That time his little GDX system did something for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Animo actually went on with a job and put pay to him, but he just does, he's just he's just not that horse. He's only done that once ever in the Rose Hill Guineas, and he beat Converge that day. So, don't know if it counts. Yeah. Okay. All fair oh. chat, but anyway, hopefully he improves next preparation. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see him on the world stage. Hundred percent. Let's move on to the Tezio Stakes. It's usually the last race on the card, but it was race 10 and the second last on the card this time around. And Maya Whisper was able to land the prize. $5.50 she's paid. Uh, she's a nice mare, um, but no doubt the winner should have been Roots here. Been a moral beaten. A lot of people were on. Um, Probably wasn't Craig's best ride. Yes, maybe was a little bit unlucky, but you just wonder if J-Mac was on instead, whether this horse would have won the race. Yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? Um, mm. I was filthy because I was actually trying to back my whisper in play, but anyone that was at Mooney Valley knows how hard it was to get bets on with the internet, so that hurt because I only got my bet on Roots and in the run I wanted to back my whisper and 
yeah. Anyway. I she's also... A, had... She's a small little horse, my whisper. We went, when we saw her in the tie-ups, when we went, and go, went to go have a look at Thunder and... Yeah. And I don't know. She's a tiny little thing, but... She, yeah. uh... If they've got any idea of what they're doing, which the starting camp do, she'll never run in Sydney again. She goes best around Melbourne way. Yeah, that's probably a fair chart. Um, Roots has been unlucky here. She's run into backside and then she's had to switch back to the fence, which was clearly inferior ground, and she's still taking ground off the winner in the final 50. Um, the margin is 0.3 of a length, so she definitely should have been the winner. I had a an edgeway bet on Do Sir. Um, I think I've probably just gone one run too early, even though she was a little bit unlucky. She was held up at, at, at a stage. I do think next start, 2,000 metres, she started $8 here. I think she's going to start similar again. I'm, I'm not actually exactly sure where she's going. Um, is a matriarch possibly a race for her? We'll, we'll soon find possibly. out. But, um, yeah, if she, if she strikes another wet track at 2,000 metres, I think she'll be third up. I think she's one to follow. Um, Roots can also be followed, and My Whisper. Yeah, those are the three for me to take out of the race. Yeah. We'll go to the last. Sure will. It was the Ladbrokes Manicato Stakes. Um, I've given the sponsor a plug in. They've actually announced a, I'm not sure if you saw Nico, but a 10-year deal to, to keep the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. So that's massive. It's one of the biggest deals in history, really, in terms of such a big event. So that's huge. Oh, and go be, and check out there. The it'd be the second biggest when they come on the racing previews. <laughs> a 20-year deal with racing previews. 20-year um, deal. But honestly, go, go on the Ladbrokes socials and check out some of the content they're making um their film team is absolutely outstanding and we're swinging off them a bit. Um, yeah, I'm not even blowing our own trumpet, but the Valley's social content and Ladbrokes combined together, um, you won't get a better, you know, like the coverage that we're doing and doing with like podcasts, videos on horses, you won't see that at any other club in Australia. So go and check it out online. It's really good stuff. Right. Yeah, credit to credit to all the Mooney Valley team and their socials. They know who they are. Yeah. Let's get on to the last. It was the Manicato, twelve hundred meters, Group One, and it's funny to say it, but we have saved the best rating until last. Balanipatino has pulled out a one hundred seven on the weight for age um, performance scale for Dan, Dan O'Sullivan, which is just absolutely off, no. absurd. Um, Yes, she really loves these heavy tracks. Um, she had Rothfire going out and leading at... What did he go? He went 11 lengths um, above the old benchmark. And she's come home four above still to make a final um, a final punting form rating of 15.9 above. And if you watch the chopper shot, she just finds that inside run and she absolutely explodes. She's won by five lengths. She's beaten Rothfire and Best of Bordeaux who aren't hacks at all and she's made them look second rate. Yeah, it was good to see her 
win a, a group one. I didn't think she was ever going to win a group one in this sort of fashion. And, um, yeah, absolutely massive. She's, you know, she's a, she's a little superstar. She's a little trier. So, um, yeah, only fitting that she, she won a, a group one around the valley. But uh, don't sack Pulele punters. Something was definitely a miss there. Um, mm. J-Max said he didn't feel right. And uh, he has pulled up with a slow recovery, I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah, bear with him. We will probably get a price next start. There is also one thing that you have to take into... You have to be pretty forgiving of whatever failed in this race on um, well Saturday evening in the end, especially the Colts. Like, I don't know if people have seen the vision about Palaley going out into the track as the that loud crack of thunder goes and he nearly dumps J-Mac. So mm. you just don't know how you like that's something that you can't measure with the horses you just don't know how much Friday night affected them you don't know you know some horses come through it better than others so I think you've got to be pretty forgiving to any horse that ran around in the Manicato that failed because they were prepped to run the night before and they've had a whole other day and last race in front of more people and yeah it might have all just been a little bit too much yeah it, it is it's a fair shout like they come to the races, get the float down, and they're geared up. They're ready to go. Half especially them, for especially for the Colts, like yeah, half of them make it out onto track. Yeah, I was in the mounting yard when that crack of thunder went off, and Shaquiro went off his head. Um, yeah. he's obviously still a Colt. He didn't end up running. Cool and Gatta didn't end up running. She went off her head last night. Um, she was probably one of the closest horses to it. I'm not sure if punters or listeners have have seen the photos, but there was one strike that hit the crane and then there was like another strike that basically hit the track like some amazing um, photos and yeah we're very lucky that race did not go ahead last night yeah there could have been massive repercussions if that if that crack of lightning goes and they're and the gates have opened and they're running what happens oh mayhem could have wiped out half the field mayhem it, it could have been really, really bad. So, By far, the loudest thing I've ever heard oh. when that crack of thunder, thunder hit that crane. Yeah. It was like someone let off a bomb. It was... Oh. Yeah. No, Nuts. 100%. Let's get back to this win real quick. Um, it's obviously a spike rating. I don't think Dylan Ipatina will ever achieve this again, but it is such a deserved victory. She Last year in the Manicato, she was held up on the corner... And she, uh, Jonka kicked for home and just held her out. She definitely should have run, won that race. And then uh, in the Moya against Coolangatta, she was forced three and four wide the journey while Coolangatta had the fence on a night which was heavily leader bias on the rail. And then now finally she gets her perfect storm. She got a heavy track. They ran fast. She got the suck run. She got the inside. And she just absolutely exploded. And um, yeah. Probably once upon a time, we joked about her being a Group 1 competitive horse, but now she's a more-than-deserving Group 1 winner. Yeah, Kieran's, uh, Kieran's little project with her has been a very successful one. Freak. Absolute freak. He's just a, he is a freak. Uh, 
I don't know how he does it. He is nuts. All rounder. On and off the track. Absolute <laughs> freak. That's what I was getting at, but I didn't want to say it. All right. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Um, that was Ladbroke's Cox Plate Day. What a day it was. Um, anything in Sydney. Golden Mile, as I touched on. He oh, won geez. the calendar presidential. What's all Jesus? Oh, I thought communist was going to get in. Oh, you ended up back in communist? Yeah. So which ones did you come with me with, and which ones did you stay against? Did you back... I backed Barclay Square. Okay, but you backed communist. communist I, backed, back I did also back Virtuous Circle as well. Yeah, okay. So I did I did save on that. Uh, but I didn't back Gold Mile. Yeah, I backed enough. communist. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I was nearly com- right. Or on the corner, I thought Goldmore Gold did, did look like he was travelling better. It looked like he was going absolutely shit in. But to Communist's credit, he just kept on fighting and he made it very He's a good little horse, Communist. We'll see a good horse in the autumn. It'll yeah. win a good race. Yeah, he made it very interesting. Um, Sharp and Smart beat Elliptical and She's Extreme. Uh, <laughs> Poor well, Elliptical. You backed Elliptical? Yeah. I ended up not having a bet in the race because... I am a fan of the top three horses. I like She's Extreme, Elliptical, and Sharp and Smart, and I couldn't really split them. Um, I was a little bit filthy that Sharp and Smart has one at seven dollars fifty, but yeah, it it is what it is. He what is going dec- to be. What about the declaration from Team Rogers? From Rogie. Um, yeah, so a lot of and people gets J Mac first time. A lot of people don't know the Graham Rogerson story of the two thousand and four Cox Plate. Rogie is a He's a real character. And in 2004, he had um, Savabil, a son of Zabil, one of his one of the champion stallions, four Cox Plate winners. And Savabil actually had decent form going into the race, but he was a three-year-old who was probably a little bit disrespected in the market. He was $15, and Rogie came out and said, um, bad luck is the only thing getting this horse beat. And everyone kind of said, this bloke's a fool. And sure enough... He came out and won. He beat Fields of Omar and Starcraft. So he's declared sharp and smart in the derby. And I think this year's derby's actually got some legs to it. I just wish Virtuous Circle was there. It would be an absolute cracker if he was there. Yeah. No, 100%. Promises of success. I'm a little bit filthy. Oh, I haven't had anything on this horse. So am I. Because $26. Well, this is another thing. She's always been one of mine. And I was I was never falling into Espiona. Yeah. Yeah, no, that um, was I. I just didn't even I look at Sydney. And I couldn't get a bet on. It was yeah. the internet, unfortunately. Yeah, sick. She's won. And now she'll be real short wherever she goes next and you won't be able to back her. Yeah. Because those mares all have their turn, but, jeez, you just gotta, you've just got to put Espiona in the bin if you haven't already. Gone. She's going to make you broke before she wins another race, so you, you just can't keep buttering up, unfortunately. I don't think she beat anything that day at Flemington, and it's starting to show. She's had one serious rating, and the market holds her relatively firm every yep. start she goes around. 100%. I've just whacked my mic. Um, uh, we will touch on WA. Yep, go Amelia's on. Amelia's Jewel. Special. Have you seen this? Yeah. Oh wow, she's yeah. a little star. Um, she's she's something. I think it's I think it's rated through the roof as well. Oh, and if she if if that has rated through the roof, 
like visually it was sexy mm. but phew, they've got no they've got no chance of beating her the rest of this preparation because she was not there to play she had barrier on 1200 it wasn't the sexy explosiveness that she showed in her last uh, her runs last preparation where she's come from last and is booming over the top she was obviously ridden closer from one because she had to be to try and take bad luck out of the equation but that last 150 when she pinned the ears back mm. a thing of beauty some yep. horses want to find the line and, and find the post and that she did so yeah good luck to them beating her uh, in her own age group and then I think when she tackles them in open grade in the well, the northerly stakes now the old Kingston town she could uh, well, she could go around at a very short court well, it depends. It depends what um, race they go to because she's only. What does she want at? She's only won at sprint trips. Really. She's only won hey. at sprint trips. She's only won at sprint trips so far, but. Yeah, they reckon she's deaf, but, but she's looking for a mile now, so that's mm. yeah, she'll she'll head. It'll be interesting. She's a type of horse that could go to a Kingston Town or Northley, or she could go to a Winterbottom. I know. I know. They're they're they're, they're favouring the 1800 metres but yeah well she goes to the the princess race next start I think over 1400 yeah. and then the guineas then or... she goes to the guineas yeah and then they make the uh, make the decision whether she goes to a Kingston town but mm. oh god I hope she goes she keeps her picket fence and then we see her in the autumn yeah. be huge yeah she could She she's the massive DF in the three year old rankings like she could be the best three year old filly in Australia Along with In Secret. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll soon see. Um, there was just a couple in Hong Kong I wanted to touch on. Wellington has won on return uh, in the Premier Bowl, Group 2, 1,200 metres. This guy is just an outstanding racehorse. He's carried the penalty here. Obviously, he's a, I think he's a two-time Group 1 winner. Um, he's carried 61 kilos, and he's... <laughs> He's won at out, outstanding odds. I think he's got out to $8.50, $8. Absolute sickening. Yeah. These squibs that have butted up Lucky Swain S. Oh, oh. Yeah. Lucky Swain Didn't know Hong Kong had an Everest. <laughs> it was it was a little bit similar to watching the Everest. Um, he wasn't wide, but he kind of missed the start. And Zach really hunted up and used up a lot of petrol tickets early to get him to the front. And he got there, but he had to do a mountain of work to get there. Um, he's been beaten a length. He started, he's been absolutely crunched in betting. He started $1.70. Obviously, he had the five kilo weight pull on Wellington. And historically, the last couple of years, these races have been won by the upcoming horse uh, that is down uh, in the weights. But you just have to trust that market support. This Lucky Swainess is a very, very good sprinter. And Wellington is a very good sprinter as well. I think we've seen the two best sprinters in Hong Kong, Quinella, the race. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else was there? The Irishman was a good winner for us in the last. We know this is this was a very, very talented horse. Um, I think he ran second to Hungry Heart one day he ran second to Kiku one day and then he I think he won one race in Australia um, he had his perfect storm he drew barrier 11 and just got the perfect card into the race and he let down with his brilliant turn of foot 
he's a horse to follow. Hopefully he gets to the mile next start because I think that's what he's looking for. Um, and then the other horse that was a little bit of a sick watch was... Victor the winner. Victor the winner, that's the one. Um, yet another one who's still... Like, he was only having his second race start. He won really well leading all the way first up, but he bundled the start. He ran straight for the rail. He almost headbutted it. And then he's just another who's had to spend way too much tickets early. He turned in front, and he looked like an absolute moral, but he's peaked on his run massively, the, the final 50, 100 metres. So I think we'll... Six stuff. Yeah, he started at $1.60, $1.70. I think we'll get... $3.50 next time and he'll just be a complete and utter moral I think that's the positive to take out of it we can only hope so yeah alright anything uh, else do, for the do racing we have a little, do we want to have a little recap on early bets we've had this week for people who have missed the stories uh, yeah let's do it I well some of the price is already gone so yeah, we still touch on it. So, I have taken $11 for Jackano in the Coolmore. So, that's obviously a really good, good bet. What's he now? About three eighty. Um, Four bucks. I think he's just about equal favourite with... Um, in Secret. Uh, in Secret's $4 and Jackano four fifty. That's on sports bet. So, yeah, that's obviously a very, very good bet. I also had... I took a little bit of $12 corn gather. I just I just thought she would start shorter. Um, she's still holding a price, so that that might not be the greatest of bets. But Greece is $34. She's she's not going to get a start though. No. I don't think she's, she's going. priced she's priced accordingly too. Yeah. I took a I think she's I a genuine f- she's genuine like a 6 7 chance if she's there. Potentially. Um I've backed Tijuana in the Carbine Club at 450. I just think, as I mentioned, that Guinea's form is outstanding. This Pungo, the son of So You Think for Chris Waller, a lot of people won't know it, but it won a, a midweek. It won it really impressively, and he might not have to jump up much, even though it is a class jump. He might not actually have to improve that much to win the race, but I just think Tijuana is such an easy bet to have at 450. If he draws a gate, he's going to settle on speed. We know he runs the mile strongly. Um, he's already a Group 2 winner in the Stutt Stakes, and he wasn't beaten far at all in the Guineas. The Guineas form is outstanding, so $4.50, absolute bet for me. And then we've had a couple bets in the Golden Eagle. We've backed Fangirl at $16. I thought that was a bit of overs, especially if this track dries up, which I do expect it to. We've backed this, uh, what's the other international called? Well, well, well at 50s. Yep gets Frankie Dettori and you can swap the one in the five round because it's into $15 which is massive and then I've also backed Light Infantry at four fifty. Um, this horse has world class four mines ran second to Inspiral last start Inspiral would be heavily in the red in a race like this the Golden Eagle I think she's won three or four group ones so yep she was just a forgive last start Inspiral if you're, if you're looking to, for a reason to pot the form line she missed the start four lengths and it never worked out for her she was beaten as a short at a short quote the start prior to that, but I wouldn't go knocking her too much. She is a world class mare. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, light inventory was the only one that I sort of 
wanted to make mention to. Um, you and I were obviously chatting heavily about it today, and um, yeah, if you if you dip through the form lines, he's he's a better horse than uh, than my Oberon. So mm. it was uh, good to see what he did last weekend. So um, yeah, I think he's a good bet to have. Obviously, there's a big field in the Golden Eagle, but if you're not prepared to take the price now, punters, be prepared that he's sub three dollars if he draws a good gate and people look at the form guard. Yeah, come he, come Wednesday when the uh, he could be absolutely the off the coming map. Up. He could be absolutely off the map, especially because I wish I win last start. Like I wasn't convinced with his final hundred meters. That's the no. only thing I'll say in the Turak. Like. He, yes, he got a long way back, but Laws of Indices was the better run of out of the two, like easily. Yeah, 100%. so um, yeah, the only yeah, other there's bets. A, there's a fair tip around for this light inventory. A bit yeah. of the talk that he was turned up and he was win. So yeah, this was also a horse that was talked about going to a Cox Plate. Mm-hmm. So we've already had egg on face one. One from one punters of not backing a horse who was brought for a cox plate, so it's not happening again. Uh, I will not be making that mistake again, and yeah. nor will you, Benny. So, uh, yeah, that's probably all that's worth touching on. Just uh, the only other one is we do think La Creek is a moral to win the yes, Empire Rose. I was, if to, I was just about to touch on so the figures have come out, and J Max nearly clocked up a million dollars in prize money, Ert um, himself. Hmm. In the last month, so that shows, uh, and he hasn't even hasn't even hit the jackpot yet. So he could win all three group ones this weekend. Oh, easily. He's got sharp and smart in the Derby, in secret in the Coolmore, and he and he will win the Empire Rose because she's she's home. What's well, four good ones? start now, like Greg. What's the other one? The Derby. No, there's only three now because they moved. The Cantala to Champions Day. Oh yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's worth punting for the. We might we might do a poll after posting this tomorrow. What is Derby Day not going to be the best day of racing anymore? Because Champions Day, the way these fields are tracking, well, it Champions Day will be the best day of the carnival. Oh, I know I there's think... going to be a lot of. I know there's going to be a lot of uh, people out there that you know. Derby Day's been the best day forever, but the way that Champions Day is heating up, it could be the best day. I think it's going to swing in, in... I think they're going to take turns because you won't have every year... You won't have... Like, there's talk that Zaki's going to back up and go back to the mile. There's talk that Alligator Blood will go back to the mile. I'm Thunderstruck will go back to the mile. My Oberon could lob there. Animo could go to the Champions Stakes. Nature Strip could go to the um, Champions Sprint. He will go to the Champions Sprint. That's not going to happen every year. A lot yeah. of horses will have their final run in the Cox Plate and then they'll pull up stumps. So there is there is a $3 million carrot waiting now. That wasn't always the case. Yeah. There's also an extra million dollar carrot. Oh, it's worth mentioning that Animo won $4 million instead of $3 because he won a, a bonus um, race. So, yeah. Cox Plate prize money was five mil. Winner gets three mil. He won an extra mil, so four mil. Um, it was pretty funny straight after the race. Sorry, I'm going a bit off track here, but James, who works um, for Racing Victoria, I was kind of 
standing with him. I won't say his last name, but everyone everyone's going off. Animo's one, Animo's one, and he goes, "We've just lost a million dollars." So that that was actually pretty funny. Um, he was probably the only one on course who was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> So there's no more bonuses now. There's no more bonus because he's won a Cox Plate to go to the champion stakes now, is there? No, there's no bonus for him, but there is the sprint bonus. Um, if Ballinipatina was able to win, if if she was somehow able to beat Major Strip, she would win an extra million. And I think there's also the Empire Rose bonus. I think there was a... I can't... Exp- I can't say every single race that was on the list yeah so there's like the true stark the uh, no, the stakes. yeah all those races but yeah nah it's a massive uh, couple weeks coming up and Flemington um, they get their time in the sun now Caulfield's had their turn we've had our turn at the valley and now it is time for HQ so going to be absolutely brilliant and we can't wait anything else to say before we get into the questions that's it all right, let's do it. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? All right, it's question time. Uh, we've got a couple we've got a couple rippers here, to be honest. The first one is from Max Mini. Is car no good on Zaki or no good on leaders in general? Uh, I don't know about the, the leaders in general chat. She's. I think she's better sitting OSL, but than leading. I think she's better if, if someone else goes fast out in front of, and she can just... She can just swing on him. But yeah, I don't think she's bad on a leader. I just think she hasn't been riding Zaki to his absolute strength, his preparation. I, I can half see the angle with wanting to have another jockey on on Zaki. But I'm of the belief that the others are just better than him now. I know, yeah, I know maybe, he might maybe be they are slightly wrong, but... Maybe they are, know. but... Maybe they are, but at least, at least, at least find out. Who are you going to put on? If it was up to you, you don't, you don't have J Mac. Well, you, you might. Um, they might be able to J Mac might go back on if he goes to the champions mile. Yeah, obviously, obviously J Mac would be the number one pick. Yeah, J Mac. Say ride. he lines up in the two thousand meter race against Anna final day. Yep. Who who are you giving the keys to? Tim Clark. Nash? Tim Clark. Tim Clark will ride alligator blood at the mile. I'd give the keys to Tim Clark. But I think yeah, Zaki yeah. will go to the mile. So that'll be interesting. Um, Does do... J-Mac want to get back on him? Will be the interesting thing. Oh, yeah. I think he would. And I think Annabelle Nation would openly have him back on. It just shows you if if he was to come back out and win at the mile, mm. it might just be a little bit of uh, added links having the the goat on top or the young goat. Yeah, and if he There's does every win... chance that he's a two length, three length better horse with J Mac on top of him. Yeah, and there is a small chance that if he does come out and win at a mile, that everyone goes, well, he he's better at the mile. I'm not sure if I necessarily subscribe to that, but. I think Nisham actually does a little bit. She, well, she was pretty bullish about that he's going to be back to the mile. So mm. it is worth noting, punters, especially with uh, with Sportsbet, the two dollars Animo 
It's still oh, overs. <laughs> that is still overs because let me just get this market up before we dive into more questions. He's going to be racing against Moanga, and that's it. Where is it? Champion Stakes. All right, so you've got Adam at two dollars. You got Zaki at five fifty, likely to go to the mile. I'm Thunderstruck at six dollars fifty, likely to go to the mile. Cascadian eight dollars will go to the mile. You've got Moanga at nine dollars. Mister mm. Brightside at nine dollars, and there's the option for him to be going to Hong Kong. Benno at $11. Oh, spell. <laughs> spell. Then we jump out to Elliptical at $13. Oh, a three-year-old. No. Oh, no. Fangirl, $13. She won't even be there. My Oberon at $13. Won't be there. Won't be there. Hosier at $15. Oh, my He's going goodness. to the big dance, and then he won't come down here. Huetor's in the paddock. La Creek at $15, could start now. Montefilia, $15, no. Alan Kerr, $17, is it even in the country? <laughs> I wish I win, $17. Maximal, $17. Profondo, $18. Then you've got Allegron and Gold Trip at $21, who are going to run in the Melbourne Cup. Wow. So he's got to beat Moanga and that's it. He could dead set start. He's got to beat Moanga and Benno. Wow. James, just take him there. He's he's still got another run left in him. That's a well, it's f- a free hit. It's a free hit. You take the f- two dollars, and it's going to be a dollar forty. Oh, it's a free. It's not just a free hit for us. It's a free one point eight million dollar payday for Godolphin and an eighth Group One. Yeah, I think three but million dollar race. But from from a punting perspective, I'm saying it's a free hit because it still comes under the sports bet insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if he I'm doesn't. Much, he doesn't go. Sure. Yeah. You're right. get we, your money back. We spent a long time on that question. Doc says, um, does Paulelli spell anything come out of how he pulled up or just hit a massive flat spot? Um, well, I don't think he goes any good around the valley, so he should never go back there again. Yeah. Um, he doesn't appreciate the valley circuit due to they sort of, they don't necessarily run fast, but they don't. He doesn't. They don't have any time to settle. They sort of jump and they're running the whole way. Yeah, it's not, not like his, it it's not his Flemington. I don't think he's. I don't think he's appreciated the track. No, and there you wasn't know, obviously something quite right with him. But I think the the plan is they want to go to Perth. So yeah, right. They're really chasing a Group One with him. So I hope they get it. He is a good horse. I just think. He was he was in behind runners. He was copping kickback in the face. I think he's just kind of spat the dummy. He's put in a rare poor one. One thing I'll say about his heavy track form is the one run he did have on a heavy track, where was it? Where he ran well? Against Marzu. Yeah. It was at Eagle Farm. At a yeah. track that the profile isn't actually a heavy profile. Even though it was a heavy eight rating... There's a big chance that it was still somewhat firm under the profile of the track, if that makes sense. So you're saying that even though his stats say that he looks like he's a wet track type, he's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I think I think a heavy eight track is was genuinely against him on, on Saturday. I wasn't sure before the race, but now I'm sure that he's better on a dry surface. I wasn't going to bring it up, but he should already be a Group One winner because he should have beaten Mars that day. Anyway. Anyway. Let's move on to Willie Barbs has got two questions. Hashtag oh, here we spawn. Go. 
Uh, $10 into 3K destroyed by barrier 10. Oh, he's talking about his Thunderstruck bet. Oh, right. He's subscribed to the fact. Talking talk through his kick is what he's doing. Yeah, fair enough. Um, if Animo wasn't such an arrogant little prick, he would have won by two lengths. But he hit the front and he just switched off. Uh, uh, Willie, Will Spangle and or Romantic Warrior knock for the champ this season. As in, will they beat Golden 60? <sighs> it's going to be some race. Yeah. Spangle's going to be third up. G60 fresh. If they're ever going to beat him, it's going to be fresh. When he's first up and they've had two or three runs under the belt and potentially, I'm not sure what, what the weight scale looks like at the moment, potentially he might have 60 kilos. They might get him with like 55, 56 that's going to be their time to beat him. But I'm going to stick to my guns and say no. I'm going to say no. The champ It is worth noting, punters, that J-Mac has the keys to Romantic Warrior. I don't oh, know the exact how date. How good. J-Mac is... I don't know if it's the international day or not, but J-Mac is booked to ride Romantic Warrior a race this preparation. Yeah. How Honestly, is that going to be? Romantic Warrior and California Spangle coming through the ranks. Like Hong Kong, they're in a good spot right now with their 1,600-meter and 2,000-meter horses because they're absolutely flying. Um, you had Russian Emperor string together a couple group ones with Shinion. Beat Golden 60 last prep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he was a bit of a giant killer. Um, and then you've got does lose Blake Does lose Shinny, though. Yeah. Sh- Shinny is a genuine... I think he's in the top six riders in the world. He's the second best rider in Australia at the moment. Yeah. All right, and the last one is, Matt Jensen, what's your boy's early pick for the derby? Can't separate the first three in the market. Cheers, lads. Oh, I'm a little bit the same. Let's get up the derby market. Sharp and Smart, 350 Mr. Maestro, $4. Barkley Square, 450 We've absolutely missed the trick here because Up and Smart was $8 on Saturday evening. Mm. And then this news that J-Mac's on it's yeah. just been a constant tumble since. I'm not sure which way I'm going to go yet either. I think they're all nice horses. Well, the way the, the market's going to be set, hopefully the... They're going to be around that $3.50, $4 mark and you'll be able to back two. Yeah. That is the ideal way. And that's that's speaking that they're both there. You might might like one of them at $3, $4 and you might like one at you know, $7, $8, $8. So, yeah. I, I think it'll be a race where you could have a few bets and still miss, but first thought, I want to take on Barclay Square from, from yeah. Saturday. Yeah, that's probably fair. I can see myself back in Sharp and Smart. He might be too. He might be too brilliant for twenty five hundred meters. I reckon. Yeah, Sharp and Smart just ate up the the ground late in the Spring Champion, and was three wide the trip, half mm-hmm. a slaughter from Huey. Yeah, ran down elliptical and extreme. Uh, what's what's her name? Extreme. She's extreme. She's extreme. I've got extreme. I've got extremely lucky and extreme choice in my head for some reason. <laughs> She's extreme. Run down them, um, a good colt and a really good filly. 
and 2,500 metres. I don't think that's going to slow him up at all. It looks like he's going to stay. Gets J-Mac on, and Rogie is absolutely declaring him. <sighs> yeah, Rogie reckons he'll get 2,500 on his ear. Yeah, I think he will as well. So, yeah, it's good to see New Zealanders. We know they're very prominent in the derby, and we've got two at the top of betting in Sharp and Smart and Mr. Maestro for Graham Rogerson and Murray... Is it still Murray Baker and Andrew Forsman? No. Mr. Maestro? No, they're done, aren't no. they? No, just Forsman now. Just Forsman. Murray just Baker's. Andrew Forsman. Yeah, yeah Murray's yeah. done. All right. I think that's all. It. That's done for my question. Did you have any? Nothing from me. Beautiful. Well, it's been it's been a great review pod. Hopefully we might have... We'll be back on Thursday, but I'll if I'm a betting man, which I am, I would be tipping that we won't... Massive week this week, Derby Day, three group ones on the card and the Golden Eagle. We've been able to ben snatch Diego it. Cup on Wednesday. Yep. Is that ballot exempt for the Melbourne Cup or? Uh, not 100% sure. I'm sure. Oh, quick state, rant. State, quick rant. Yeah, go. Mooney Valley Gold Cup is still not ballot exempt for the Melbourne Cup. It's an absolute joke. We've been trying to get it ballot exempt for a long time, but anyway. Oh, Let's do it. Black and whites, Dumb. get them sorted. Get down to Derby Day. It's going to be I'm not going to be there, pull-up. but anyway. You on holiday again? A uh, little weekend away. Oh, with the cheese and kisses. <laughs> with the cheese and kisses, yeah. With the cheese and kisses. Nice. Derby Day with a filly, not at Flemington. Fair enough. Well, it looks like I'm going by myself, and I'm going to absolutely... But, but I'm coming to Champions Day with you, so... Good man. All right, let's sign off there. Been a good review. Um, we'll see you back here on Thursday. Are you going to make the Thursday pod? At least? Of good course night. I'm going to make the fucking <laughs> Thursday pod. I don't leave till Saturday morning. Good stuff. Well, Only away for the night. Yeah. All right, we're signing off there. Good luck this week, punters. Enjoy the week. Get down to Derby Day. Get your best black and white uh, suit out. And we'll see you on track. Cheers. See you guys.